Um, and there shouldn't be any moment of you feeling like I can't be vulnerable with this guy. I can't ask him questions. Am I even worthy enough to be with him? Like, no, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. no. If you are feeling that, sweetheart, anybody watching this, I would argue that that's not the man for you. Absolutely. And I, I want to say just one more part to that is that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. So. <laughs> and and love will cast out all fear. There's no fear in love. So if you're yes. afraid and I'm not talking, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm afraid of my life. It's being afraid to be vulnerable. It's those things. I can't even be myself in front of him because I'm afraid he'll leave. So then we're not in a loving situation. That's not love. Not the not the love that God wants you to have. Absolutely. And all the time between me and my clients and the women who are on my platform and stuff. I'm like, you and I see love differently because yeah. that's ride or die that I just have to get married. That's not love to me. Mm -mm, mm -mm. It's not. No, nope, exactly. Up the phone, you know he's only calling because he's drunk and alone too. Don't let him in, you have to kick him out again. To break my heart, oh that breaks my heart. That you thought you ever had it, no you ain't from the sky. Yep. Welcome to my party. That's how we do around here. This is Single You, the podcast. I am your host, Rika. And I, I'm an NLP certified life coach and also the founder of Single You Academy. That is my online coaching program. You know what I do? I help the ambitious millennial single woman discover her worth. That means you. So that you, girl, can stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. So if you are a woman who is sick of having an unsuccessful single life, if you are sick of the revolving door of dysfunctional relationships, listen, they may have a different name, but it's the same type of relationship. Or you're doing the tug of war back and forth with the same guy and you're sick of that. You want better when it comes to men and setting boundaries, knowing yourself, understanding your worth and what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, I'm willing to bet nobody has ever had that conversation with you. But listen, I'm not here to judge. I have an abusive ex and an ex that cost me $10,000. Yeah, stick around, listen to the podcast enough and you will hear those stories. All right, so you've come to the right place if you need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and that you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. Yeah, I'm a certified life coach, but I will tell you this. I am no expert. I just learned a few things that I would like to teach you as well. You know, as Maya Angelou says, once you learn, you teach. And when you know better, you do better. So now that I'm doing better, I am reaching back out for you, girl. Here's my hand. Grab it. So thank you and welcome. You're in the right place. I got you if you got you. This is Single You, the podcast. Hey, thanks for being here. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. Welcome to my platform. Of course, my name is Rika. I am the single girl's life coach. I'm a certified NLP life coach. And what do I do? I help the frustrated single woman who is tired of giving second chances, tired of trusting he will change and he never does. And you are bad at setting boundaries with men. I help you learn how to set those boundaries and keep those boundaries through a process in my program called Single You Academy, which is my online coaching program. So today's topic, and I do this weekly, usually twice, sometimes three times a week if I'm feeling good. But today I actually have a guest. You are watching Single You, the podcast live. And Single You, the podcast is available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So if you've missed episodes of Single You, the podcast, and you are someone who needs to hear things like singleness is not a punishment, you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. That's the podcast for you. So um, I do it for you. 
Now, I do have a guest today, and as you see on the screen, today's topic is why women don't follow their gut when it comes to men and the trouble it gets us in. And we are gonna talk about this topic through the story of Coach Jocelyn, and Jocelyn is the singles coach. And so I like how we play off of each other. I'm the single girls life coach. You are the singles coach. Jocelyn, thank you so much for being on my platform today. Happy Tuesday. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm like, uh-oh, what happened? <laughs> Technology, right? <laughs> yes. So welcome. I know you're all the way down there in sunny Florida, but thank you so much for um, being on my platform today. I'm really excited to share your story because through your story, and this is what I do on my platform, through stories, I want women to hear themselves, to see themselves, and then understand that they can get out this cycle of dysfunctional relationships that unfortunately we get ourselves in, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. You've been there, I've been there, and a lot of women we know have been there. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we go ahead and get into your story. Who are you, where are you from? You're the singles coach, I know that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, ma'am. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am Coach Jocelyn, the singles coach, and I help single women to enjoy the single life and celebrate their singleness so they can successfully date. I am a U.S. Navy veteran. Yeah, I yeah. am also <laughs> I am also an MBA graduate and ICF certified life coach for single women. And I love what I do. And I hail from Cleveland, Ohio. There we go. And um, I know I said this to you before, but I'll say it again in front of everybody. Thank you so much for serving this country and doing what you did. Thank you. So, all right, so the first question, um, as everybody knows, I always ask, this is the first question I always ask, because um, I'm trying to prove a point here when I ask this question. <laughs> has anybody, when you were growing up, had anybody ever have a conversation with you about relationships? Like what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? Did anybody have that conversation? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that for the most part, I, try to understand relationships through what I saw uh, most people in my family do. And most women in my family weren't married. And the ones who were married were most of the time unhappy. But it was, it, you know, growing up, it's kind of hard to determine why everybody feels that way right. or that is this supposed to be the norm? I don't want to be sad. So I grew up thinking that I never wanted to get married because I didn't want to be sad. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> sad? And that's what it's like. Unfortunately, we are sponges, right? And we learn through a lot of our experiences as we're growing up and what that's doing to us actually in our neurons and our brain. Remember I said I'm a neuro-linguistic programming coach, right? So it's we're programming ourselves to that environment. And so when you grow up, you just think that's normal. So then it's either you do what you do. You say, well, if they're sad, I'm not going to be in a relationship. Or some people go, oh, this is just normal for relationships. So we just, yes. if I'm going to be with somebody, I guess it's just going to be sad. And people say marriages are hard. And that's what I saw growing up. And so, yeah, here we are. And it's like, mm -mm. and if somebody would have sat you down, wouldn't you have loved that? If somebody sat you down and was like, okay, Jocelyn, this is narcissism. This is projection. This is healthy, hard versus abusive versus dysfunctional. You want to run away from this. This is good. Blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't that have been nice? Wouldn't you have loved that? Oh, absolutely. I think that it would keep us from experiencing a, a lot of heartache and having to learn from experience if someone sat us down, especially for me. Like I would have loved for somebody <laughs> to point out what a healthy relationship is actually like so that I didn't hurt other people because of my anger and that other people wouldn't hurt me because I didn't know what to look for. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're so... um in this society trained to focus on the outward appearance, right? What kind of car you're driving, um, what we wear for black women, the hair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what they face beat, their nails done to wear the latest Jordans or the stilettos or what have you. And we, we focus on outer um, so much and that doesn't make us happy. And we never focus on the inside. Um, and I think, and I, I wanna hear your opinion on that after I say mine, because I, I think, I, I wanna ask you like, why do you think that is? And I think it's because when you focus on the outside, that's tangible. That's something I can grab, I can put on. You know what I mean? That's, that's an experience I can have, blah, blah, blah. 
but when you think about working on yourself, a lot of people don't know where to start. And then it's not a really tangible thing, right? It's more mm -hmm. emotional. And so you start working on yourself and then you wake up 30 days from now and you're a whole different person. That's when you finally realize, but it's not same day. And we don't like that. We yes. want it same day. I want to be a healed, healthy person today. It's the same way we feel like we should lose weight. Mm -mm. Like I ate a salad today. I should be 10 pounds lighter today. <laughs> It's, it's exactly the same way. But I think it's because people are afraid to be vulnerable, even with themselves. They are so afraid to be vulnerable because vulnerability breaks up all of that hard ground. And you have to let people in and you have to let yourself in. And I think a lot of times we block our blessings and we block our growth because we're afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah, and we have to be vulnerable so that we can grow and so that we can be better, not just for ourselves, but for other people. Oh, that's so good. And vulnerability is it also means telling the truth about the situation, right? Who we mm -hmm. are, who we're dating. And we're going to get into that right now, because I know your story. OK, I know that there are two um, two pillars in your life when it comes to um, relationships that were not healthy for you. Um, and I want to get into the weeds of those stories because there are a lot of lessons in what you went through and you wouldn't have gone through if somebody would have sat you down and said, yes. no, baby, no, no, no. And so I do want to get into because the topic today is why women don't follow their gut when it comes to men and the trouble it gets us in. Right. Yes. There were moments in these two relationships that we're going to get into where you should have followed your gut and you didn't. And I want to talk about why. But first. I have deemed the two guys in your life. I love like names, like I don't even want to say nicknames because I don't really like that name. But anyway, just when I tell my stories, I always have my abusive ex and my $10,000 boyfriend. For you, <laughs> I've named them the married guy and the husband. So yes. let's talk about, <laughs> right. So unfortunately you were dating a man who was married, but you didn't know. So let's get into that story. Talk about how you met, because that's, the story, right? Oh my God, it was so lovely and I had butterflies. <laughs> so tell that story. How did you guys meet and how did you get in that situation? Absolutely. So how we met was we actually grew up together. We both went to the same school. And then once we graduated, uh, he went straight to the military. I went to college and then I kind of lingered off and kind of failed out of that. So I ended up in the military as well. And a few years, maybe like Mm, I would say maybe seven years later, because I was about 27, 28. Uh, he reached out to me. I was stationed in Bahrain at the time. I wasn't in the U.S. yet, but he was stationed in the U.S. in Georgia. And he reached out to me uh, via Vonage. I'm sure people probably don't even remember that, but that's like a like a phone service, you know. It's WhatsApp, right? Like, yeah, like WhatsApp. What's yeah. What is Vonage? I feel like that's um, internet now or something. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But uh, he reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, uh, when are you coming back to the States? I would love for us to get together and hang out. And that's how kind of how it all started. And we had a great relationship when we were friends throughout school. So I was like, wow. I said, OK, the glow up is real. He fine. He's sexy. OK, the conversation is great. Cool. Let's keep this going. I'll be back in the States in a few months awesome. And we continued the conversation. I was stationed in Florida. So we were stationed about four and a half hours away. And that's how we began our relationship that lasted for about a year and a half. So I, I know a part of your story is when he hit you up, it was on the, the WhatsApp, but it was called Vonage. Mm -hmm. You had a moment, you had a thought of how did he get my number? Like, how did he find me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was questioning everything that I had that thought. Okay. <laughs> it was it for whatever reason, I was just like, wow, it's cool to have my friend back. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking like, girl, now we we are in separate branches. So right. it's not easy to find someone that's not within your branch. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he found me. I'm not gonna speculate or say, but right. Right. <laughs> it didn't right. tell me till later to go. How did you even find me? Right. Yeah. And why did you seek me out? Because I didn't seek you out. You sought me out. Right. Yeah. For a relationship at that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
So again, uh, he's he's I've deemed him the married guy that you um, dated. What kinds of things were happening in that relationship when you finally got out of it and you looked back? You were like, yo, these were definitely my gut was telling me something ain't right because there were situations that were happening that you've told me that you were like, I should have questioned that, but I didn't. Right. So tell us um, some of those things that came up that you should have been like, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I call those those mm -mm moments. <laughs> so one mm -mm moment was that he will often come visit me because he was a drill sergeant at the time. So he worked a lot more often than I did. So he will always come see me. And he knows that I hate long distance driving. Like if I got to drive over two hours, I'm like, can I fly? <laughs> so, so to me, I thought, oh, this was this wonderful thing that he will always come to visit me. So one time I did go to visit him. He booked this luxurious hotel for us and we had a great weekend and everything, but it never dawned on me. Why could I never go to your house? When you've clearly been to my home, every time you come down to where I was stationed at, you yeah. always come to my home. It never dawned on me to say, why couldn't I go to your house? Like, yes, this was luxurious. Yes, this was nice, but why couldn't I come to where you live? Why can't you share your space with me like I've shared my space with you? Yeah, yeah. And in that relationship, did you always feel like maybe you were minimizing yourself? Oh, absolutely. Be with him? Yeah. Absolutely, because I felt like, you know, he has it all together. He has his career together. I had only been in like about maybe four years at the time. so. I was like, wow, he's so put together. I need to match his level. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that everything that he put on was a facade. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what he was showing me wasn't really real, but what I was given wasn't really real either because I didn't feel like I could ask certain questions because I was like, but he's such a good man. So why would I question that? And I would, I would shame my own self for thinking like, you know, how most women be like, girl, you got a good man. You shouldn't even be thinking about that. And I would shame myself out of even asking questions that if I would have known the answer to those questions, or if I had someone in my life to say, you need to ask this, you need to be looking for this, then yeah. that, that would have made me open up my eyes and say, wait a minute, there's a lot of red flags here. Yeah. And some of these I've seen before. Right. So I, I want to stop there because, again, the topic is why women don't follow their gut. And that was one of your reasons. You felt like you shouldn't even be asking him questions because he had it together. And who am I? Yes, absolutely. So if we're having that mindset, it's like I shouldn't even be in this relationship. What, what am I talking about? I'm, I'm worthy regardless of my relationship status. And God created me. So I'm worthy to be with whoever. It doesn't Absolutely. matter at what level he's on in this society that we deem levels, right? And so you're already like in this relationship feeling like I cannot even ask him a question because am I even worthy enough to be with him? Did I hear that correctly? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Jesus. That's that. Yeah, that that is crazy. So while you're in this relationship, obviously, do you feel like your gut was telling you like this? is You, you don't feel as you said earlier, vulnerable enough in this relationship to even be yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just, I felt like I kept, I kept feeling this gnawing feeling inside of me that said something wasn't right, mm -hmm. but I continued to ignore it because I was like, but who am I to question this? But who am I to question this? Everything is going well. Why you want to ruin it when that should have been the sign to say ruin what exactly? Right. Because this is someone I should be able to be vulnerable with and I should be able to ask anything I need to ask because this is somebody I'm sharing my life with. Whether, you know, even though we're not married, but we're we're getting to know each other and we're sharing each other's world together. So I should be able to ask anything. Yeah. So it was a lot of self-doubt going on in that relationship. So do you feel like he made you feel that way or were you making yourself feel that way by gaslighting your own self? Because it sounds like you were doing a lot of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, it was mostly me, but a little bit of both. Yeah, you know, like obviously he's he's married, so there's a lot of gaslighting going on, but you just don't know. Yes, yes. inside of your inside of you screaming at you like, girl, he ain't the one. He ain't the one. He ain't the one. He ain't the one. And when somebody is presenting themselves 
with this facade, facade as this perfect person, that's what we do. We gaslight and question ourselves because how dare I? And, you, and we tell ourselves, who does that? Every day people do that, B. Every yeah. day. <laughs> Every day. Like, yes, yes. See the good in people too bad because we're Christian or we think, you know, well, God wouldn't want me to judge him. But that's not judgment. That's called discernment. And I feel like your God voice was like, ma'am, yes, he is my son, but he is not the one I prepared for you. Walk away. Yes. And we ignore that because we feel bad, right? Like, yes. did you feel bad in questioning him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, because I was like, well, he got so much on his shoulders. You know, he's always on duty and, you know, he's taking care of his son and there's so much going on for him. And, you know, the, the thing back then was, oh, be his peace. So I was trying to be a safe place per se, you know, where it was no drama and everything was great, but really everything inside of me was screaming no. And I will say this, like the longer you ignore that, the more hurt you're going to be mm. because you're likely going to find out even more than you thought <laughs> was wrong instead of just being like, you know what? He just ain't the one. Let me move on yeah. to, to find out like the longer you go, the worse it's going to get. And that's the trouble it gets us in, right? Like bypassing his plat and he was married. So it's like all that drama you're bringing into that family by being with him, by not even questioning. And, it, and, and not to say that it's your fault because he, um, he had his vows to his wife, but um, it, it's like, if you would have really stood up for yourself and asked questions, a lot of this wouldn't have happened, right? So mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask you, what questions do you wish you would have asked him? If we can go back, maybe somebody's in this situation right now and they're having this gut feeling and they don't really know yet. What questions do you wish you would have asked? I wish that I would have asked to see the divorce decree. <laughs> he was saying he was divorced, so you knew he yes. was at one point. Yes. But he was just telling you he was divorced. Yes. Wow. So that that was one thing. Mm -hmm. I wish that I would have I would have done more research mm -hmm. into him, meaning mm -hmm. ask deeper questions than what's on the surface or things that I felt I needed to kind of get an understanding of his mindset. Mm -hmm. If I would have asked deeper questions, then I would have realized where he was. Yeah. And I could have said that. No, this isn't where I'm trying to go. I don't care what this looks like because I feel like people give us keys, but we often ignore them. Yeah. They give us key words or trigger words that make you pause a little bit, but we'll just ignore that. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know what, explain this a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Explain why, you know, I wish I would have asked since you were divorced, what happened in that relationship that broke that relationship up? Yeah. So that I can get an understanding, like, are you are you blaming the other person? Because we all we all play some type of role in the breakup of a relationship. Absolutely. Not putting the blame on ourselves, but there is some role that we play in a relationship. And I would have saw that he didn't take responsibility for that. Yeah. And and also, like, when you do ask that question, I never I, I, I definitely dismiss men who blame the women. Oh, she was crazy. Or yeah. she was this or she was that, but you don't even say, you know, it because even in my relationships, I know what I did wrong. And I'll say that I, it's all throughout my podcast, single you the podcast. So you can go back and listen to those episodes if you're watching. But I'm honest with what I did, but it still doesn't make it right. You still don't get to abuse me and what have you. Um yeah. but I think everybody who's in a healthy mindset and understands life, you will say, Yeah, the relationship didn't work out and they may have done XYZ but I could have been better in this area too. So I need somebody to be reflective and introspective and retrospective about what really happened. And I bet you, if you would have asked him, he would have blamed it all on her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's wild. So what was your mindset while you're dating this guy about being single and getting married? So you're 28, you're dating this guy from your childhood. It seems all great. What mindset were you in then? Because I know you're not in that mindset now. That would have allowed you to bypass all these red flags. Because it's about mindset and how we yeah. view the world, right? And what we're hungry for when we're thirsty, <laughs> we're going to bypass red flags because we want what we want. And the yeah. goal. So where was your mindset at 28 about being single? I need to get married before I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why not get married to somebody who I already know? Mm-hmm. Not understanding that we all continue to evolve. So the him that I knew when we were teenagers and growing up wasn't the same person that I met again at 28. And I think that we all go through that phase where it's like your biological clock is ticking and you got to hurry up and get married and and stuff like that. And, I, and that was where my mentality was. I was like, I, I have to get married because I'm going to be an old maid if I don't. When, <laughs> when there's nothing wrong with that either way. You know what I mean? Like and not thinking that now in my 30s, I can say that in my 20s, you don't know nothing. You don't even know you. Yep. Especially so, not, there's not a program to learn you. Like how do you yes, say, yes. baby girl, you need to sit down and actually learn yourself. So then you can learn the kind of, uh, the kind of partner that you need. Who are you first? And then you can say, okay, I'm this kind of person. And what matches that? Instead yes. of just going out and finding any guy, cause I have to be married and he cute. My vagina says, Ooh, it tickles when I talk to him. So he's going to be it. Like, yes, yes. All of that. <laughs> right. Right. So I know you also grew up in the church. Like I did. Where do you think that you got that programming? Like you needed to be married before 30, like family church. Like, where do you think that was coming from? I'm not really sure. Honestly, I feel like it came from a little bit of everywhere. So I was stationed in Japan for about five years. And even there, it was like, you saw a lot of women who were like my age. They, it was like, they were viewed as old maids if they didn't get married. So they were just like, they were clinging to whoever like quickly so that, you know, they don't, they wouldn't have to be considered an old maid. But I think that a lot of that mentality comes from having grandparents and, and parents who grew up in those times. But we're not thinking like a lot of our grandparents and great grandparents were getting married at 16 mm-hmm. and their they, lifespan wasn't as long as ours. <laughs> right. And they had to, like you could, as a woman, yeah. you could own a house or a credit card or really even have a job. And yeah. you know what I mean? So your job was to get married and have kids. You better have these babies. Absolutely. And I think that somehow we we kind of force that upon ourselves or we see people who get married young or, you know, they, they might get married because they got they just happen to get pregnant. So they go ahead and get married and and stuff like that. So it was just like, OK, so the end goal must be to get married then because that's what everybody is doing. So I don't think it was more so anyone said that, but it was just my view of what I saw in my environment. Mm-hmm. The programming that we receive and the the society's stance on, it's changing now a little bit more with people like you and I, and we're speaking up. And um, so the, the narrative is ju- definitely changing more on what, on who a single woman could be, on who a woman could be, right? Like we are yes. more than somebody's mom. We are more than somebody's wife. Like even if you are married with kids, you are more than that. Um, and also a lot of us, um, it's not some of us, for some of us, it's not going to happen. We, that's not a promise. Like for you to get married, not a promise, um, for you to be in community and, and be living a life in peace. That's a promise that God makes us for sure. If we do the work, right. Um, have faith for it. So let's get to the moment where you realize this man is married. What happened? Jocelyn, what happened? I know it should hit the fan. I want to know. Did she show up at your job? What happened? <laughs> Is y'all ready for this? So <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't avoid the feeling that something wasn't right. Okay. And I remember being in my townhouse. I was talking to my mom and I said, I can't shake this feeling. It's it's something that's going on. It's not right. And I need to figure out what it is. And she said the two words that we hear more often now than we did then. And that was Google him. Hey. And so I said, I was like, man, I ain't gonna really find nothing. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and Google him. So I get on my couch, I'm sitting with my legs crossed, and I feel my body starting to heat up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, this don't feel good. Yeah. So I Google him and like that first like scroll, of course, he's in the military. So I've seen where he's won awards, where you know he's been promoted and stuff like that. And mid scroll is when I saw it. And it was his name and his alleged ex-wife's name on a baby registry 
Uh-oh. dated three months ago. Uh-oh. And y'all had been dating how long at that time? It was over a year at that the time. The math ain't math. Hold on. We've been together. And I said three months ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait a minute. You said y'all haven't been together in like two and a half years. Three months ago. Oh, so immediate. I'm not going to lie. Immediately. I took me a shot of Gentleman Jack and I lit my cigarette because I was like, oh, I'm going to drive down there. It's about to be on. Yeah. And so I call him and just lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. Just, just oh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I just did that uh, so that, you know, she wouldn't be shamed by her family. You know, she's not American. Oh, the marriage was never real. We got married in a Catholic church where there was no certificate. I was like, how could you lie on your unborn child? Well, probably born child by now. Just, and your wife, you you made me commit adultery. That was what I was most angry about. You yeah. made me commit adultery without my consent. Yeah. I just want y'all to see my face. <laughs> Here, here's the lesson in this, right? Because sometimes we as women need that tangible physical evidence. We'll know in our gut. Some may, right, or whatever, or, or even even in, with the cheating aspect, a lot of women know that he's cheating before they find the evidence, right? But we as women, for some reason, we need that tangible evidence. Why? And then when you have it, he is going to lie like that, right? And then, because if he wasn't a liar, he would have told you in the beginning. If it was all of that that he said, he would have told you that. Like, listen, I got a situation. This woman is pregnant. I don't want her to feel um, ashamed. So my name is on the baby registry. Da, 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 da. Why didn't you say that in the beginning? Because you're a liar. You're a liar. So when period. you right, you're a liar. Period. We're done. <laughs> like, a lot of women. I had one um, in this Facebook group that I'm in with a lot of women who complain about men. Um, I kind of stop them and I take their topics. But she was like, "So I caught him cheating, and I even have the text messages, and he says that it's not him. So what do I do now, baby girl?" Sis. You think a liar, a liar is that's what a liar does. They lie. He's not yes. gonna, oh yeah, that, that was me. My bad. I'm never gonna fess up to it. Right, exactly. So in that moment, did you have one of those moments where you were like, I knew it? Because you know when you have that gut feeling and you know you're not supposed to do something, and then you do it, and then the thing that you thought was gonna happen happens, and you always say, Oh, I shouldn't, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Did you have that moment of I knew it or did you have that moment where you maybe believed him a little bit because you really wanted that relationship? Look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Okay. Yeah. I did not believe that for one second. And then that was when all the red flags start flooding in on me. Like yeah. that's why you got this luxurious hotel. So I wouldn't question it. Why I couldn't go to your house. Yeah. This is why, but I, and I'm, and my, and I'm like, you were so bold in, I would talk to you when you were at home. So where was she at? Wow. While you were talking to me. Yeah. We talked consistently, you know, and then of course the, well, I was on duty, so I couldn't answer my phone or we was out in the field. So I didn't have my phone with me. So of course, you know, I'm in the military too. So I'm like, yeah, I have times where I can't take my phone with me. Right. So I didn't question any of that, but all the red flags just started flowing in and I was just like, I knew it. And that's why I said earlier, like, sometimes you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. If you feel that feeling, trust it. I, I believe that that is the Holy Spirit within you okay. trying, to pro- trying to protect you yep. and keep you from getting hurt even more. Because what would have happened months before that when I had that feeling, if I would have been like, you know what? I want to see other people. I need to be with someone who, or whatever I wanted to say, I could have said I wanted to be with someone who was in the same city as me. Yeah. So we're not traveling back and forth or whatever. I should have ran for the heels. Yeah. And questioned everything. Yeah. But again, <laughs> you judged your feelings. We judge our gut too much. And I love how you said that's the Holy Spirit. Like we have to remember that we're made in God's image. He took the dirt off the ground and blew breath into us and we became, right? So we are little gods, little genius. Okay? Yeah. And we, he says that he left when Jesus died for our sins and he went up on the third day to be with um, with God on the right hand. But he left the Holy Spirit for us. Mm-hmm. And that, 
that is our God voice. And that is our gut that we don't tap into and we judge too much because we don't have that tangible evidence. So if you feel like, I want you to hear Jocelyn when she's saying this, like, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the message that I got from that. If you feel there is something wrong, listen to that voice and ask questions. Stop needing tangible evidence. Stop it. Stop yeah. your feelings and stop thinking to yourself, well, who does that? Nobody. I mean, nobody's like that. Yes. People lie every day, B. every day. Even you lie. We lie. Everybody lies. Yes. You know what I mean? Any psychologist will tell you, I think it's like uh, the average human tells about 10 lies a day. And now there are some lies that are, you know, white lies that aren't um, damaging to, you know, who we are as people, but everybody lies. So stop thinking, who does that? He said he loved me. So why would he do that? When a man tells you he loves you, it doesn't actually mean he loves you. Words are nothing. Sorry. Yes. You actions know. are everything. Action and, and words and actions. And I had to, I had to learn that too. Um, especially with my ten thousand dollar boyfriend, like the words and the actions have to match up. They have to. Um, and there shouldn't be any moment of you feeling like I can't be vulnerable with this guy. I can't ask him questions. Am I even worthy enough to be with him? Like, no, mm. <laughs> you know, yes. no, if you are feeling that sweetheart, anybody watching this, I would argue that that's not the man for you. Absolutely. And I, I want to say just one more part to that is that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. So. <laughs> and. And love will cast out all fear. There's no fear in love. So if you're yes. afraid, and I'm not talking, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm afraid of my life. It's being afraid to be vulnerable. It's those things. I can't even be myself in front of him because I'm afraid he'll leave. So then we're not in a loving situation. That's not love. Not the not the love that God wants you to have. Absolutely. And all the time between me and my clients and the women who are on my platform and stuff, I'm like, you and I see love differently because yes. that ride or die, that I just have to get married, that's not love to me. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. It's not. No, nope, exactly. So now after this relationship ends, because um, I do, you know, I said we'll be an hour. We got about 30 more minutes. So I want to get into um, when you were married and what you learned from that, because even though that relationship wasn't dysfunctional, you still learned a lot from your marriage. So obviously you guys break up. You and the married do, right? You break yes. up. How did you move on and how long um, was it before you met your husband? So it was about two and a half years before I met my husband. But in between that, I told myself that I have to do something different. Um, one thing that I didn't get to say was that he was the second guy that I dated that, that I found out was married. Another guy said the same thing, said he was divorced. We were stationed together. Yeah. He was in the Navy, same thing. And so with that happening, I said, there has to be something within me or my mindset and my thought process that's telling me that this type of man is the man for me when it's not. Mm -hmm. So I have to go back to the very beginning and look within myself. The first thing that I realized was that I never forgave myself for both of those relationships. Mm. Forgiveness isn't just about forgiving the other person. We often forget to forgive ourselves before we move on to the next thing. And forgiving myself freed me so much that that broke up that ground to help me begin the actual healing process. Mm -hmm. Because I had to apologize to myself for not listening to what my gut was telling me yeah. to... Yeah to let go of why did you stay so long when you knew this was hurting you? I had to have that conversation with myself. Yeah. So that process took about, about two years for me to go through the healing of all of that. And then about six months later, when I got out the military was when I met uh, my ex-husband. And when I met him, I was I was already ready. I knew what I wanted because I had done the work. I knew what direction I was headed in for the most part. The only thing that I lacked was knowing what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. And most people forget that in any relationship, you don't forsake your life for that relationship. You still have to have a purpose just like they have to have a purpose, but you want to both be aligned and going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And that's what lacked in that relationship. When I met him, 
I was in a process of getting to know me again because all I knew was that I was LS1, which was my rate when I was in the military. Okay, I didn't I was- know who Jocelyn was, but yeah. I knew who I was as a sailor. I didn't know who I was as an individual, as a woman, as a person. Right. And that was the time that I was supposed to use to learn who I am. I just happened to meet him and I was like, well, he's a great guy. You know, I really like him. And we had a rapid fire relationship. We were married within five months. So I felt like I asked all the right questions. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I missed was that in the process of that, I had already developed a certain standard that not so much a list, but I knew what I needed from a relationship. Right. And I broke my own rule. Mm. And the thing was, was that I felt it was really important, especially as me being married for the first time, supposed to be the only time, was that I wanted us to go to premarital counseling because I wanted to learn how to be a good wife. I wanted to learn how to develop a great relationship because what I understood was that Platonic relationships aren't different from romantic relationships. For whatever reason, we treat them differently, but they're not different except for the sex. (laughs) That's the only thing that's different. However you act in your platonic relationships is how you will be in a romantic relationship. So I was like, I need, I really really want us to go to counseling. Of course, it's it's required in most states for you to go to premarital counseling. If you're going to get church. Yeah. So um, we ended up getting away because we got married at the courthouse because we were trying to buy a home. So in order for in in Florida, in order for me to be on the deed, we had to be married at the time of purchase. So that was how we kind of got married faster. But I ignored the fact that he refused to go to counseling, which Mm -hmm. I which that was the point where I should have been like, you're not ready. And that's not saying that anything is wrong with him, but that's just saying that this is something that we need to do to learn each other, especially since we've only known each other five months. Right. right. <laughs> and, then, and then the, the, would you say he was like adamant about not going? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's that about? You know what I mean? Like what, what are we doing? Yes. And for you again, this is not against his character and Unfortunately, when we get into these situations and love is all in the mix and we're in the lusting phase, which is usually the first five months, like you said, yep, <laughs> we feel bad for walking away from a good man, right? From what we deem a good man because of one thing or whatever. But I love how, I mean, I don't love, but it's, it's sad in a way that we would skip that because, well, we got to get married so we could buy this house, but we're not even, it's like you didn't even get the foundation together first, right? So you want to buy a house, but if that house ain't got a good foundation, what are we doing? Exactly. And and that's something that you require for your relationship. Everybody don't have to do that. I understand there are people who are married today who maybe never went to marital counseling, whatever. That works for you. But Rika Janelle Robinson, we are going to counseling. And if you are adamant about not going and then also continuing it, like this is going to be something maybe we do every two years, every year or something because we got to do maintenance. If that is something, those are one of the questions that I ask. And if they're like, nah, I'll be, I'm like, well, Guess you ain't the one for me, right? I'm not about to force you to do anything. I'm not, we're not about to do that. So again, that is why I titled today's topic, why women don't follow their gut when it comes to men and the trouble it gets us in. So now you're in this relationship that obviously didn't work because you got, um, you're divorced now. And not to say that it was, you know, I, well, I don't, I don't know. I, from what you told me, I don't believe it was abusive or anything. No, so, no. Right, okay, okay. And so that just goes to show you that even two people who mean well, I guess, it, it's still not going to work if you're not having the appropriate questions and you're not the right puzzle piece for each other. Would Absolutely. You- Absolutely. And that's why I think a lot of people try to skip over the work in singleness. Part of the work in singleness is knowing what direction you're headed in. The two can't walk together unless they agree. And that's what separated us. We didn't agree on the direction that we were going in. As far as our lives, because even when you're married, even though the two become one, there's still things that you do as an individual. You need to have your own individual relationships. You need to have your own individual purpose. And we have to agree 
about where this purpose is taking us. And that was where it kind of failed within my marriage was because we weren't purpose to do the same thing. And then me, him being older than me, significantly older than me, he was about eight and a half years older than me. So I was like, well, maybe he knows better. Yeah. But then he would often downplay my experience because I was younger. And I'm like, but I, I've been in the military a lot longer than you have. Cause he was in the military too, but yeah. I've been, I've, I've definitely experienced life way different than most people. You can't downplay my experience just because I'm younger than you. Yeah. And that was one of those things where I was like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling like I'm not good enough? Why am I feeling belittled? Why am I, you know, and it was, I shouldn't have to question myself. I was going to say, there goes those feelings that we were talking about earlier of minimizing yourself, constantly minimizing yourself, feeling inadequate, walking on eggshells, feeling like you couldn't stick up for yourself and stay, say you want this, right? Yes, absolutely. And I felt that way through most of our marriage and no shade to him. It was just that we just were not right for each other. And I've even said that I need to be in a relationship where I feel safe enough to be vulnerable, Mm. where, like you said, I don't I shouldn't have to feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Right. Right. And it's more than just being comfortable to fart in front of you. I need to be able to feel vulnerable for real. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. I know that. Exactly. 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 Um, so again, this is why I titled today's topic, Why Women Don't Follow Their Gut. We don't because we question ourselves too much. We judge ourselves too much. Um, and we want to be in a relationship too much. And then we get in trouble. And then we look back and we go, why did I do that? I done passed all these red flags. What the heck was I doing? Exactly. And then we have to go on this journey. So, so what was it? So then, so you did do a lot of work to get into this relationship. You got married. And now when you got out of that relationship, what did you feel that you missed the first time you were doing all the work that you're like, okay, well, obviously I need to still hone this right here um, before I get in my next relationship. What was that? And for me, that was, it's okay to be vulnerable even if it doesn't work out. Mm. We we often try to shelter ourselves or close ourselves in from relationships because we don't want to get hurt. But if anything, when you understand about investments, when the maximum risk gets the maximum return, it can also get the maximum loss. But at least I can say that I put my all into it, being vulnerable. And part of me being vulnerable is me being honest about where I'm at in my life, honest about my needs, honest about my wants, and honest about what I can and can't do. And those were the things that I learned from that relationship that I can take into a new relationship and say, hey, this is what I need. Are we on the same page or no? Don't feel shaded when I be like, oh, we not. All right, cool. Well, it was good knowing you. It was good talking to you. And it's just that because I've realized through these relationships that there's a person who there's also a person who is the who is better for you. And there's also a person that's the best for you. Mm -hmm. The person that's the best for you will allow you to be vulnerable and they will accept you and you will both be on the same page and you will both strive to be on the same page consistently. Yeah. And not, I just want to get my way or, well, I'm stuck in my way. So whether you date someone older or younger than you, you always want to strive to be on the same page and be okay with you. We have to be okay with someone saying that I don't want to accept that. And you have to be okay with you saying, I don't want to accept that. And it's okay to say that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay to walk away, but we feel so bad when we walk away from somebody that we deem a good person. Right. But everybody isn't for us. That's not how it is. There's, and I don't believe in soulmates per se to like, there's one to one. I don't either. Like the men (laughs) don't even match up, but um, there is somebody that is a perfect fit for you. Not that the relationship's going to be perfect, but I always say there's a difference between healthy, hard and abusive healthy, hard and toxic, healthy, hard and not for you. Um, and we don't know those things. Right. And I love how you said that now, you know, your needs, um, you want to make sure this guy fits your purpose. And that 
only comes, you only get that clarity when you work on yourself. And I always tell my clients, listen, you got to know who you are deeper than my favorite color is blue. Who are you? What do you need in a relationship? Because if you don't know what you need, you're, you're definitely not going to be able to speak up. And if you don't know who you are, you definitely are going to feel like you were saying in your relationships, I'm not even allowed to speak up. He sets the rules of the relationship. So let me minimize myself because I just need to be married. So you got to know who you are deeper than your favorite color is blue. Then you got to know what you want and then how to get it. Because yeah. the problem is we do, of course, if I asked you, do you want a healthy relationship or unhealthy relationship? You're going to say healthy. Okay, well, how do you get it? And then a lot of women are in this cycle like, well, I don't know. I just, I told him what I wanted and he didn't comply. Yeah, because you let all these red flags pass you. You let him walk all over you. You broke your rules for him. Yes. You know, just like you did in that situation. So again, know what you want and how to get it. Have the audacity to believe that you can get it and the patience to wait for it. And uh, Pastor Darius Daniels, who's my mentor, um, says this all the time. It takes faith to wait for the right one. You're going to need that faith. So you better be strengthening your discernment muscle and your relationship with God because it does take faith. And if you have that faith, you will actually get the relationship you want. It's not going to come by, well, my vagina is saying he's the one. So here we go. Yes. She ain't the one. So I, I, we're, we're pretty much at the end, Jocelyn. And let me know if there's anything that we missed that you want to say in this moment that's coming up for you right now that maybe, like I said, that we missed. I think for me is that my mantra to my clients is that singleness is not a death sentence, but a life given opportunity. And I think that a lot of us skip over that because we're so busy looking at the time. Well, how old am I? Where am I at? And all of that. And also that we treat our relationships differently. Yeah. If you're not a good friend or a good person to yourself, how are you going to be a good friend in a romantic relationship? You can't. If you're not honest with yourself, how are you going to be honest with other people? Right. It is it is one thing to be alone. Alone doesn't mean that you're a broken piece or you're broken up. A single is whole. It's one, it's a whole number. <laughs> and it is okay to be single. If you are unhappy in your singleness, you have to absolutely do the work because at the end of the day, what do you tell widows? What do you tell women like me who get divorced? Sometimes marriage isn't the end all be all. Mm -hmm. You have to be who God says you are and you have to live that every single day. Mm -hmm. And you will find joy and peace in living in a way that is pleasing to God, moving towards your purpose and being purposeful in your relationships. You said a whole word. Yeah. And I say this all the time. I use this scripture in my program a lot. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse eight, where Paul talks about to my widows and to my singles, it is better to be single, stay single. Um, yeah. And he's not saying that because there isn't beauty in marriage. He, he, the whole chapter seven, it's all about marriage and single and there is beauty in marriage, but we forget that he also says, but there is beauty in singleness, boo boo. And so if you want to be single, be single. And then actually that gives you more time to work out this purpose that God put you on this earth for, because God didn't send you down here to be married. That's not, he wasn't like, okay, yes. well, everybody, that's your purpose in life. Get married. That, mm -mm. Yes. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. And like you said, knowing your purpose and then you find your mate and then you, your purposes work together. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But if, yes. again, if you don't know who you are, then you don't know your purpose. Then how are you and him going to work together? You don't even know. So now we not we don't even know where we're going. There's no vision. Maybe you have a different vision. He has a different vision. And so now we confuse. Now we in this cycle of dysfunction thinking, oh, well, we have to be married. And there's another thing that I like that you said um, with your um, uh, friendships with men, right? You and I have the same um, thought process on this. When I got out of that relationship, my uh, abusive ex, I, I looked at myself and how I was with my male friends. And I was like, why am I so different with dudes? Like dudes that I'm attracted to, why? And I had to go through that journey and figure that out. And so now I'm like, if I can't be just like I am with my boy, Tony, with my boy, Darnell, with my boy, Scott, if I can't be like that with a romantic partner, then I don't want it. Because I'm, I'm being like this girly thing that I think I'm supposed to be so I can get in this relationship or whatever. So I, I love that you said that because that's so true. If you can't be who you are authentically with your friends, with this dude, he ain't the one. 
Absolutely. And you may not be the one for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you out here um, uh, it, having this facade of yourself because you want to be in a relationship so bad. So you may not be the one for him because, uh-oh, we ain't always the one for these dudes. You don't always get to be picked because you a girl. Sorry. That's not how Absolutely. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So let everybody know where they can reach you. I have your Instagram and your website on um, on the screen here. But let everybody know how they can reach you. Um, and if you also want to say what you do as a coach, uh, you can say that as well. Oh, absolutely. So on Instagram and Facebook, I am at The Singles Coach. My website is www.iamthesinglescoach.com. Um, I also have an ebook that helps uh, singles to better date, but it's more focused on building your confidence and getting back to you and building yourself for not just a romantic relationships, but for all of your platonic relationships. I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching. And once a month, we have coffee and conversations with the singles coach. I love that. I love your coffees and conversations. And then also shout out your, um, you have a podcast as well, girl. You forgot that. Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, the Single Squad podcast, where we talk about how to enjoy the single life so that we can successfully date. I love everything about podcasts. And, and thank you for having me on your podcast, because I feel like it is a place where we can be authentic and have real authentic conversations about real life issues. Right. I love it. All right. And with that, Jocelyn, thank you so much for being on my platform. I'm going to end it as I always do. My name is Rika. As you know, I'm a certified NLP life coach, AKA the single girls life coach. Obviously I'm the founder of single you, the podcast and the host and also the founder of single you Academy. So what is single you Academy? It is my online group coaching program, okay? So what do I do in that academy with you as a client? I help the frustrated, loyal woman who is tired of giving second chances. I help you stop the cycle of trusting he will change by helping you learn how to set and keep boundaries with yourself and men. So if this is resonating with you, and if you were like, I wanna learn how to do what Rika did and Jocelyn did to live a happy, single life, knowing our worth, okay? If this is resonating with you, I want you to send me a DM. Who are my clients? Women who have their life together career-wise, you're financially stable, you're doing all right, but you're constantly spending time on him, money on him, trusting he will change, trying to set a boundary, but then you don't keep it, you break your rules for him, trying to build him up, and you're steady letting him walk all over you, and you're left wondering why. Why is that? Why do I do that with men? Over in this lane, my professional life, I'm good. But in my love life, it sucks. I'm in the cycle of dysfunction. And you're constantly thinking, how can I have my professional life together, but not my love life? That means you're my client. I'm looking for four more. Actually, I think I only have three spots left for the summer group. Okay. Doors close August 1st. So if you want to hear more about Single You Academy, step by step, I'm going to show you how to break that cycle. I'm going to show you how to set a boundary and keep it with these men in these streets. Okay. So anyway, anyway, if that res uh, resonates with you, excuse me, go ahead and send me a DM. If you're watching this in the replay, you can still send me a DM. Hopefully I'll still have spots open. Just don't forget if this is after August 1st, you can still send me a DM. But if it's like two weeks after August 1st, that means the summer doors have closed. Consider me your homegirl in your head. Again, it's Rika. And if you need to reach out to me, listen, don't hesitate. It's not going to be weird on Twitter and on Instagram. I am just me, Rika. That's R-E-K-A. And I'm going to put my Twitter, Instagram, and email in the show notes, okay? You can also join me over in my private Facebook group titled Singleness is Not a Punishment. I mean, come on, who am I? <laughs> you know my tagline? That's my private Facebook group. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, if I said something that resonated with you and really helped you, please share this podcast with a friend because sharing is caring and you shouldn't be sitting on all this good information. So share it with your homegirl, okay? Or your homeboy. <laughs> 
please do that. Also, don't forget to subscribe, and then you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And if you have time, can you do me a favor? It'll help me out as a small business owner and a podcaster. Will you leave a rating on this episode? All you got to do is say that you liked it, or you can even type out what you took away from this episode. It really helps me and keeps me going, providing free content for you. So thank you so much for doing that. Production, my intro was made by one of the greats in production land. His name is James Tyler. Thank you for my intro. And he used Beyonce's single ladies, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. He used Dua Lipa, her song, New Rules, and also Truth Hurts by Lizzo. All right, that's all I got for you this episode. We will talk again on the next one.